Hey, it's Alan, and I just wanted to let you know that you can now listen to the ongoing history of new music early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. There are a lot of things wrong with Facebook. I mean, don't get me started. But there's no denying that it can be addictive. The best thing for me is finding out where people from my life have ended up. You know, high school, university, my hometown, other places I've worked. And with over 2 billion active monthly users, there is a very excellent chance that almost everyone you've ever known has some kind of Facebook account. But the where are they now thing doesn't have to be restricted to people you know or once knew. You can lurk on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn to track down the current whereabouts of just about anyone. And that includes musicians and bands that seem to have dropped off the radar. For example, where are some of these Canadian alt-rock artists of the past? What are they doing now? Well, I've been doing some lurking. And here's what I found out. This is the Ongoing History of New Music podcast with Alan Cross. Hello again, I'm Alan Cross, and this is another installment of the ever-popular Where Are They Now programs. This is a very Canadian edition, so we're going to focus on acts that you might remember from the past, but have somehow dropped out of sight, or at least it might seem that they've dropped out of sight. All the investigations you're about to hear are suggestions from listeners who have heard previous Where Are They Now episodes. For example, whatever happened to this band? It's Vancouver's Odds. That's Odds from the second album. Notice I said Odds, not The Odds. That second album was entitled Bedbugs, came out in 1993. It was their first gold album, and it was followed by a record entitled Good Weird Feeling that went platinum. And then there was another gold record entitled Nest. Odds were all over the radio through the 1990s with songs like Heterosexual Man, There Was Truth Untold, Eat My Brain, Make You Mad... There were a bunch of Juno nominations, lots of concert tours, and they were buddies with both the Tragically Hip and the Bare Naked Ladies. But when the decade ended, odds seemed to disappear. But did they really? Well, yes. They officially broke up in 1999. Craig Northey, the vocalist and guitarist, had basically had enough, so he left the band, and without him, everything kind of fell apart. But it wasn't a sad breakup, though. It was just, you know, time. Everyone scattered to do new things. Northy and a couple of other guys from the band released a soul record. They got together with Rob Baker of the Tragically Hip in a band called Strippers Union, which did okay. And then they formed the backup band for Colin James for a few years. Northy also wrote songs for a bunch of people, including Roseanne Cash, pretty good gig, and wrote the theme song to the TV show Corner Gas. Guitarist Stephen Drake concentrated on being a producer and recording engineer in Vancouver in partnership with John Wozniak, the guy behind the band Marcy Playground. Remember the song Sex and Candy? Yeah, that. But in 2007, there was a reunion. At first, they were called The New Odds because they'd lost the rights to their name. Took a while to get that back. But since then, they've released a series of EPs and in 2010 became the official house band for the Vancouver Canucks. So odds are doing okay. Next up is this artist. This is the best new solo artist winner at the Juno Awards in 1998. It's Holly McDarland. 
Holly McDarland from her 1997 album Stuff, and that's numb. Huge radio single at the end of the decade. Top 10 on the nation's singles charts, too. That was an era of angry, empowered young female singers. Think Alanis Morissette, there was Shirley Manson, Fiona Apple, Meredith Brooks, Courtney Love, and Holly was part of all that. Although she continued to record well into the 2000s, she found other things to do. Holly is Métis and is originally from the Pa in northern Manitoba. She became involved in a number of Aboriginal projects, and she also became a parent. Her last record was Run, Body, Run in 2012, but if you look at the liner notes by some albums by Matt Good and the Tea Party, you'll see that her name appears there when it comes to additional vocals. Holly is still called on to perform. She does a lot of benefit stuff, Aboriginal causes, Métis events, benefits for Amis research, that sort of thing. And her Instagram profile lists her as a parent and singer-songwriter and as someone who is into food, interior design, and maintaining an income property. Let's move to Saskatoon and these guys, the Northern Pikes. From Saskatoon, the Northern Pikes with their 1987 record Big Blue Sky, and that's Teen Land, which was the big single. Back then, and I mean the mid to late 80s, it was really rare for a band from Saskatoon to break out nationally. As far as I remember, the Pikes were the first alt-rock band to do that. They were formed in 1983, and they had a run until 1993 when they retired. Not broke up, but retired. This was after four studio albums, a couple of EPs, a Juno nomination, and a bunch of singles that charted in both Canada and the U.S. That retirement lasted for five years. In 1999, their old record label released a Greatest Hits album and asked if the band wouldn't mind reforming and touring behind it. So they did. Some good money. And that reunion, such that it is, being a sporadic sort of thing, has officially held since then. There was an album in 2001, another in 2003, and then another in 2019. Meanwhile, the band members are busy with other things. Bass player and singer Jay Senko wrote the music for the TV series Due South. He wrote music for the first Trailer Park Boys movie. He wrote music for series seen on the CBC, Global, History Channel, Discovery Channel, APTN, Showcase, and a whole bunch more. He does voiceover work for radio and TV commercials. He wrote music for museum installations. And he's produced records for other artists and has at least 11 solo albums. And I know about guitarist Brian Potvin. When the Pikes retired, he went to work scouting talent for Polygram and later Universal Records. This had him work with everyone from Finger Eleven to Tegan and Sarah. He also freelances as a songwriter. Some material goes to other bands, while other stuff has been for the Discovery Channel, including the series Survivor Man. All right, still with Saskatoon, we have Widemouth Mason. From 1997, that's Saskatoon's Wide Mouth Mason with My Old Self from their self-titled second record. And that was a gold record here in the country. Wide Mouth Mason had a great run with a major label deal and a couple of Juno Award nominations. They toured with ZZ Top, they opened for ACDC, they opened for the Rolling Stones, and they even played at the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland. But in 2004, their contract with Warner Music wasn't renewed, and then the band went down the indie route. And they continue to tour both as themselves and sometimes with Gordy Johnson of Big Sugar. Today, they're down to just two full-time members, vocalist and guitarist Sean Veralt and drummer Dafwan Javit. 
they continue to record and perform while balancing their responsibilities as new fathers. More Where Are They Now stories from Canadian music history coming up. Don't go anywhere. This is another installment in the occasional series of Where Are They Now programs, and this time we're focusing on Canadian alt-rock acts going as far back as the 1980s. The next stop on this little tour is Sons of Freedom, a very fierce band out of Vancouver, which existed from 1986 through to 1993. During that time, they released three albums. They won a Casby Award for Most Promising Group in 1989, and then they were nominated in the same Juno category the following year. There was a dalliance with a major label, but when they were dropped in 1993, Sons of Freedom broke up and reformed under the name Black Eye Buddha. There were three members here, the three guys named Don from the band, Don Harrison, Don Short, and Don Bins. They got together with metal queen Lee Aaron in a band called Two Precious. There was another project, but uh, we'll get to them in just a second. Let's review some Sons of Freedom. This is from their 1988 self-titled album, and it's called Mona Lisa. Sons of Freedom from 1988. And before we leave them, I should point out that there was a reunion show in 2014, but that was just a one-off thing. I mentioned that three guys from Sons of Freedom named Dawn surfaced in another act. Let's see if anyone remembers Jackalope. They were an indie-slash-industrial-slash-electronic group from Toronto, created by Dave Rave Ogilvie of Skinny Puppy. He also worked with Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, David Bowie, and a bunch of others. Things began to come together when he met Katie B., the receptionist at the Warehouse Studio, Brian Adams' recording studio in Vancouver. They got along great, and she became the voice and the face of Jackalope. Over the next few years, a number of really interesting artists contributed to Jackalope's music. The members of Sloan, the members of Monster Magnet, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails acted as a co-producer for a while, Alex Lifeson of Rush, and, like I said, the three Dons from Sons of Freedom. The biggest thing Jackalope ever did was the first album, which was released in 2004. It featured three singles, the first of which was co-written by Trent Reznor. Remember this? It's called Feel It. From the early part of the aughts, that's Toronto's Jackalope with Feel It from their debut album, which was called It Dreams. Again, that track co-written by Trent Reznor. There were three Jackalope albums, two with Katie B as the vocalist and one with singer Crystal Lee. If you were a fan of Degrassi, the next generation, Jackalope did the theme song from season four onward. The band seems to be defunct these days. Dave Rave Ogilvie continues his production and engineering work. Meanwhile, Katie B went on to work with Sebastian Lefebvre of Simple Plan on a Christmas EP. Plus, she had a band called Nice Horse, which released a couple of albums. Those ones had more of a country vibe. I guess if we're going to wrap up this thread, we should talk about the current whereabouts of Skinny Puppy, the extremely influential industrial band from Vancouver. Their approach to electronics and heavy beats and samples influenced everyone from Nine Inch Nails to Ministry and beyond. Now, Skinny Puppy still exists. Yes, they did break up in 1996, but they reunited in 2003 and have officially stayed together ever since. There hasn't been an album since 2013, but they do regroup to play the occasional show that continues today. Member Kevin Key has been at the center of a number of different musical projects, but he also battled skin cancer on his nose, eye, and lip. In his spare time, he works as an animal rights activist. 
and he especially loves cats, apparently. The other member of note is Nivik Ogre. He's been in a bunch of other bands, including Ministry with Al Jorgensen, but he really seems to enjoy working in low-budget horror films. You might want to look up a movie called Queen of Blood. This remains the classic Skitty Puppy song, which dates to 1986. This was unbelievably intense and heavy back in those days. This is Dig It. Skinny Puppy and Dig It from 1986. It was songs like that which made Trent Reznor rethink what he was doing in his technopop bands. And ultimately, he formed Nine Inch Nails to emulate Skinny Puppy. We have time for a few more Lost Canadian bands, and I have a feeling more memories are going to come flooding back. Hang on. This is another in an occasional series of Where Are They Now programs. And this time we're following up on some Canadian bands of which you may have lost track. How about a band called Slow Burn? They were from Vancouver and issued a self-titled album in 1996, which featured this big radio single called Whatever. Slow Burn from 1996 with Whatever, big alt-rock radio hit across the country in the middle 1990s. Unfortunately, there was never a second record from Slow Burn. They embarked on some tours but couldn't hold it together while they were on the road. They broke up while they were working on another album, and only one song from that record was ever really finished. Singer Cliff Boyd now works as a web designer. He has a Master of Science in Information Systems. Guitarist Charles Bonamy ended up in a Beatles tribute act called Fab Forever. He plays George Harrison. And bass player Christopher Pollan is a journalist who specially is natural resources. His work has been published many, many times in many, many different places. One more. Pursuit of Happiness, one of the great Canadian power pop bands of all time. Their best days were in the late 80s and early 90s, and the band continues to exist. They were formed in 1985, but there was a hiatus that started in about 1996. And today, they get together to play a gig every once in a while. Singer Mo Berg works as an instructor in various music industry arts programs around Ontario. He also likes to write book reviews for various newspapers and publications. He's also part of an on-again, off-again Canadian indie supergroup called The High Women, with Chris Murphy of Sloan, Craig Northey of Odds, there he is again, and Steve Page, ex of the Bare Naked Ladies. Dave Gilby works security at the Budweiser stage in Toronto. I run into him every once in a while backstage. And Brad Barker is a fellow radio guy working at a Toronto jazz radio station. Let's pull out this gem. An indie version was released in 1986, and a major label re-recording happened in 1990. Pursuit of happiness, and I'm an adult now. It's always good to catch up with old friends, isn't it? If you have any where are they now questions, drop me a line through alan at alancross.ca and I'll throw them on the pile for the next time the topic comes up. Meanwhile, remember to check out the podcast for this show. There are hundreds that you can binge on at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and basically everywhere else you can get on-demand audio. They're all free, of course. 
There's my website, which is a journal of musical things.com. It's updated every day and comes with a free daily newsletter. You should get that. And I'm also available through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And like I said, my email is alan at alancross.ca. Technical Productions by Rob Johnston. I'm Alan Cross. You've been listening to the Ongoing History of New Music podcast with Alan Cross. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. 